Hey, Jade. Hey, Amit. How are you? Good, good. So today I wanted to talk about the market. Um, as an agent, how many times do you get asked about the market now? Every day. It's, it's definitely the first question. Um, people are asking, well, how is the market? But, you know, when, when you have clients, oh, what about the market? Is it, is it falling? Is it what, what's going on? Um, and I have my own slew of, of answers, but um, obviously we're going to look at some uh, hard data today and, and see kind of what that leads us to. Yeah. So I wanted to, um, first of all, for those listening, I wanted to make sure that we have more than one perspective, Jade's perspective, my perspective, obviously our perspectives are not just our clients. It's also the agents that we speak with as well. And um, besides that, wanted to share some facts with you, like some data, but I didn't want to make this too much data, right? Because at the end of the day, data is okay, but we don't need to know what the barometric pressure is. We just want to know if it's going to rain, right? Yeah. Yeah. I probably said it wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> Jade. A long time. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with a few questions you get asked. I know you mentioned a few of them. So um, what's, the, what's one of the common questions you get asked? Uh, is the market slowing down? Okay, so we'll take them one at a time, all right? And since you, if anyone hasn't seen Jade's um, Instagram stories, you'll see how many people she works with. And with that said, did you hear my beep, Jade? The beep? No. Uh, okay, cool. Because last time we did a video, all my text messages that were going through kept um, kept going off. But I'm glad you didn't hear it. So anyways, for those of you that haven't followed Jade on Instagram, it's her name. Just go on Instagram and put her name in. And if you see her Instagram stories, you'll see how many people she works with. So um, it's good to get that perspective from her. So um, when you get asked this question, like, is the market going to slow down? Are these buyers, sellers, both? Who are they? Both. Um, both. Okay. It's funny because we're going to look at data in a little bit. And what I think is very common, it, it all starts with like the financial markets, right? Um, and if you look historically kind of what's happened in the financial markets up, down, up, right now it's volatile. No one really knows <laughs> what's happening, but I feel like people in finance have a tendency to kind of exacerbate when the um, markets are really bad. And when they're really good, they don't say anything. Right? Yeah, like, no yeah, one's totally. About it, but right now, everyone wants to talk about the stock market. It's funny. And for those of you guys that, that don't know, Jade and I both did finance in college. Jade did it probably 25, 30 years after I did. But um, so we have a couple of perspectives. So one of the things too is I asked you that question as well from buyer sellers, because the first person that knows about the market in any market are the buyers, right? They're seeing the price changes. They're seeing more inventory, less inventory. They're seeing what, what they looked at before, what it sold for and stuff like that. A seller, depending on their agent, is going to see whatever the agent shares with them. And every once in a while, they're going to look and see what's selling and all that. Basically, buyers are looking at their apps like 50 times a day, the motivated ones, and the sellers are barely looking at them. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, unless they're kind of a really knowledgeable seller that wants to kind of be updated on the market, which I don't find there really are that many. Um, but but yeah, I would. Okay, cool. Yeah, and also like one other thing is if they're buying as well at the same time, right? Yeah. If they're selling and buying. Sell then... and buy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, so, okay, so the question is, is the market slowing down? What's your answer? Um, yes and no, um, because, I mean, South Florida is so different. It's such a loaded question. South Florida is so different than kind of all of the other markets, especially throughout the U.S., um, because we have such a high pool of international buyers, right? Um, yes, is it slowing down in the fact that are you going to be able to buy something right now and then in a month sell it for double or 50% more? No. I mean, but that's not realistic. And that was kind of like a one, a, like kind of once in a lifetime thing that happened, you know, um, is our property still appreciating? Yes. Um, are things still moving? Yes. Is it where it was before COVID? Not at all. It was very slow before COVID. It was normal, right? We're not there. Um, I just, I don't think South Florida is ever really going to be that slow again, like unless there is some crazy, event that happens just because of all the growth that's come into South Florida. Um, but, you know, you look at like interest rates rising, um, but the average interest rate it, over the, you know, since interest rates started, right, or since like 1987, something like that, uh, or 1978 is around 7%, right? And we're still below that average and people still need houses and things like that. Um, but I think people see South Florida and Miami as like a long-term investment. Um, so that's kind of the first thing. So is it, is it appreciating and growing and turning as fast as it was? No, but is it still growing? Yes. Yeah. So great info. Um, I wanted to share my answer to that because we yeah. work, Jade works way harder than I do. I, I do different things on the team. Jade, Jade just is like always working really hard, which is great. So we get a great perspective that way. So in my time doing real estate, what I've learned the most is, cause I, I went through like, um, I've, I've been in real estate since 2004. So I saw the ups and downs back then. And I saw the market getting, uh, gaining momentum and then decreasing and stuff like that. So what I noticed, and I'm sure Jade has noticed this as well. We when people ask, how is the Miami real estate market? The next question we ask is where, right? Miami is so hyper-local. Is it a condo? Is it a single family home? Is it is it Pinecrest? Is it Coconut Grove? Is it Edgewater? What's the price range? So yeah. one of the things that I'm seeing is, you know, I think if I had to guess where it's slowing down a bit, and I could be completely wrong, but this is just my experience, what I'm seeing. The So the lower price points, I don't see slowing down because a lot of people are paying cash for those. The higher price point where people can afford to, where they're getting huge tax savings are not going down either. I'm see, I saw a property the other day, 25 million for land that sold for 3.8 million over the asking price, you know, like 11, 12% or whatever it works out to over the asking price. The, the range where I see it changes is the price, is the range where the interest rate makes a difference, mm -hmm. meaning where someone is financing six or seven or 800,000 and a few months ago, they could afford a $700,000 home 
because their interest rate determines their payment. So they qualified for a certain payment. And now they still qualify for that same payment, but that payment gives you less of a value of a home. So you can't, for that $700,000 home, as Jade and I have shared before on social media, that $700,000 home is now maybe a 580 home or a 600. So you have a smaller pool of buyers. So that's what I'm seeing. Um, I also think to add on to that, that, um, you know, single family, we know before COVID was such a, a hard thing to sell, right? Uh, I remember the, the listing that um, we had in High Pines, that was like, that would have been gold right now or, you know, within the past two years, but that was, that was hard to sell you know, um, because people just didn't really want single family homes and then they moved to single family homes. I think that um, it's kind of shifting in what people want. I think people have, they've had the single family home experience, or at least the people that were in a condo that moved to a single family home. And maybe they were a little overwhelmed with how much they had to do and maintenance and things like that. And as you know, the roof and the windows and all this stuff. So I think maybe it's shifting there a little bit as well. Um, but the condo market is still um, you know, still picking up. Yeah. Good information there because you know what, what creates that are the people coming here. Right. And now in that, that those people that are looking for condos where it's still really hot are coming from California. They're younger than me, maybe slightly older than you Jade, or if they're just killing it when they're young, like you, they're, they're, they're doing well and they can afford these properties. But like the single family home, yeah, it, it, good, good um, information. So to the next question, what other question do you get asked a lot? Um, thinking. <laughs> okay, I'll, 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 I'll ask a question and then you can answer it. Yeah. Is the market gonna crash? Okay. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, in Miami, no. Yeah, in Miami. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally just don't think so. Um, it's kind of like what I said before, will it appreciate the same level? Are you going to see like easy flips and things like that? No, um, but will you still be able to make money? Yes. Will it crash? I just don't think so because I mean, just looking at, okay, let's say interest rates go to 7%, right? Um, we have one of the highest cash buyer percentages in the United States. Um, so that's kind of a huge deal because that doesn't affect them. The, the interest rates aren't affecting them. And um, they don't even, most of them don't even know that they can get, you know, you know, foreign national financing. Um, and like, let's say someone from Argentina compared to, you know, what they can get as a mortgage rate there is, is like above, I think it's like between 35 and 40% interest. So when they can get a foreign national loan, let's say even like normal interest rates are at seven, let's say it's at 10, that's like nothing to them. Um, so you have that like comparison point, but um, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. So I did a video on this in the past and there are a few things that I you know, when people ask about like, is it going to crash? They ask that question a lot because they saw it crash, you know, in 08, 09, when all these banks went under. Yeah. And the thing, the main difference besides what Jade said uh, is, you know, about the cash transactions. We, we typically have like 35, 40% cash transactions here. One of the things are the people that are coming, you know, in, in the past, in like 
08, 09, all these banks went under. There were like over a hundred banks that went under. People were doing uh, what's called a stated income loan. They were saying they made 40,000, um, they made 80,000. They really, I mean, they really made 20. They said they made 80. They bought a $300,000 home that they couldn't afford, but they their intentions were to sell it in two months because it was appreciating. So th there was no real money back then. Now, as Jade said, we have real money where there's a lot of cash and the deals that aren't being paid cash are big down payments. You know, there's a huge equity in these properties. So another thing is why I don't think there's a crash is the people that are coming here. The majority of people that are coming here are saving money every month because of taxes. You know, we don't have a state income tax. So even though they're paying more than what they what people were paying in Miami before, they're saving per month on taxes. So their their net cost is less, you know. So that's another thing. And then um probably like the last thing is people are allowed to work remotely now. So a lot of people are like, I guess they're called nomads, where they want to like travel the world, but they also have to work and they can do it. They can do it together. So we have those few people. So that's why I don't think the market is going to crash. And, you know, to add one last thing to that is even though um, it's not going to crash, I'm not saying and Jade's not saying that they're not some markets that are going to crash. They, they that's are going to crash. I said in Miami. <laughs> yeah. But even in Miami, I think there will be some areas like areas that are are really, really heavily invested. There are areas where there's not much going on stuff like like, for example, if I had to pick an area that may not do well. And when I say Miami, I mean Miami-Dade County. Right. So yeah. maybe like Homestead or Florida City or something like that. Obviously not in Edgewater. Maybe areas that I'm trying to, and I'm, as you're talking, it looks like I'm looking away, but I'm trying to find this graph that I saw the other day that was showing the um, average credit score of, um, you know, of mortgage loan application, uh, of uh, people applying for a mortgage. Uh, and um, obviously it's way higher than it used to be, but I wanted to get the exact um, figure, but I couldn't find it. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of the people who moved to kind of desolate places, um, there's gonna be maybe a, a need for like connection and stuff like that. So even though it seemed really cool to be on a ranch and homestead, maybe not so much anymore. So I totally agree with you. Um, I, I think that was kind of like a one a one-time thing. You know, it's I'm I'm glad you brought up like the the people, the applicants, right? Because yeah. they're in the past, what I've noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong, or if you've experienced this, Jade, like okay, now the buyers that are buying have to have cash or they have to have a big down payment. What happens later, and I hate to say worse quality buyer, but it's a worse quality buyer to a potential seller, right? All of a sudden, instead of that cash buyer or that person that's putting 40 or 50% down, what happens is we have a next wave of buyers. We have buyers that have 20% down or 10% down. Then we have buyers that have the FHA loans and then the five percenters, you know, 5% down. So what happens is even though the market starts to slow down, we still have these people that really wanted to buy. Maybe they started off looking to buy and then they just kept having their offers get turned down 
And now they're like, okay, they're starting to be a little bit more inventory. Maybe I could jump back into the market. And then we have, it doesn't like crash completely, but we get like people slowing down the market. And just, just so you guys know, you know, it depends on which source you you read because obviously st statistics are so crazy in the world now, you can make it anything. But the most common statistic that I've seen is Miami had roughly a 30% price increase last year. That's like ridiculous, right? If you bought a million dollar home, it's worth 1.3 this year. That's crazy. So I, I think my 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 best guess is maybe it goes up 5%, 10%, something that's sustainable, but not you know the other way around. Jade, before I talk about some stats, um, do you have anything else do you want that you wanted to share about the market? Yeah. Um... I'm still trying to find this thing here because it's it, you know, it will prove a point. But uh, regardless, I think that. Uh, but if you like, even if you're saying like five to ten percent, right? That's still a great appreciation. I think like when I first started, it was around three. Um, so that's still a great rate, I think. And I think Miami's just growing overall. And I also do think we have some other influences, like I said, like out of the country. Colombia has an election. Um, and that's actually why I posted it to my story today. So Colombia has a big election that is um, the set. They just did their first thing or whatever. I don't really understand their election, how it works, but I know that they have their presidency is up in July. They have another election to decide who the next president is. And depending on that, a lot of people who have um, resources in the country will or will not want to keep them there. Um, so I think that that is one of the reasons because Colombia was the number one country um, out of the US that was searching for homes. Um, this past quarter. So I think that that has a huge, you know, role in it. And, and then today, I also like over the past about like week or so, cause it, it did slow down uh, when, when they raised rates and everyone started talking about, Oh my God, they're raising rates, they're raising interest rates. Um, it did, it did kind of slow down. It was like, what, what are we doing? Um, but over the past week, two weeks, it's kind of picked up again to more normal because I think people said, okay, yeah. So, so what rates are a little higher. So I still need a place or I still want my money out of Manhattan and in Miami or, or whatever it is. So uh, I think it's kind of normalizing right now, which is healthy. I think if it continued at the same rate, that's not, it will just burst. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I do think we'll still see growth, just not at the same rate essentially. Yeah. And Miami is much different as we keep saying, because like other parts of the country, will there be a crash? Maybe because there's less cash people aren't moving there to stay save on state tax you know they're they're not saving a lot of money to move places people aren't moving there to work remotely in maybe idaho and i'm yeah. just saying idaho i could be completely wrong yeah. but so and another thing that jade brought up too is these waves of global buyers out of the us we haven't really had that many compared to the past i remember when i started in real estate um, I think it was like 05 or 06. At that time, 35%, nearly one third, I guess more than one third of the transactions were bought by people, usually from South America or China or somewhere else um, at that time, even India. But now we've had most of our buyers that we have now, and we're starting to see more from outside the country, but where they're usually from California. Jade, if you had to say your buyers, how, what percent do you think are from California? 
two men. <laughs> Would you say, I don't know, a third, a quarter, a half, more? Between a third and a half. I mean, like pushing a half. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of people from California. What I'm doing is I'm actually just looking up the reason for why that happened. Um, um, at the, the buyers that you're talking about, right, in like 2005. And I'm pretty sure that it had something to do with um, like the political landscape in Venezuela. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We have a lot of Venezuelans coming. And I remember back then, and usually like it's when it's one country in South America, it's sort of, it's sort of like snowballs. You start seeing less and less people. You don't have like just Brazil coming here, even though at one time we did have a lot of Brazilians, but it, it it's sort of like, it seems like it just happens to the whole continent. You know, it's not just one country is coming here, yeah. but yeah, that was Venezuela big. We had a ton of Venezuelans buying and then there was none. Yeah. I think it, it was also because like, in, I'm, I'm reading it now, um, like in 2002, they were like the people against Chavez were trying to like overthrow him. And then what happened is it, it got really dangerous um, because I'm looking at a, a, the kidnappings, a map of the kidnappings in Venezuela. And Sophia, my assistant actually was, um, she was kidnapped. So um, it's, look at this. So this is, I don't know, you can kind of see, you see it here? Yeah, I can see it. So the yeah. red, obviously, um, it starts to pick up, like it goes up a little, but that that red where it like really starts to pick up is 2004, 2005, right? So as it, as Venezuela is getting more dangerous where people want to obviously take their money somewhere else. So we have other factors as well affecting the Miami real estate landscape. Yeah, totally. Um, so I'm going to share some stats, okay? And um, let me find it first on my computer and then I will share it. Okay. So we're going to use compasses. Can you see that market watch? Yes. Okay. Um, if your name is here, we apologize. <laughs> the client activity. But anyways, one of the things that I spoke about in a previous video was um, in a normal market, you see way more price reductions then price increases. In a normal market, you hardly ever see any price increases. Like typically people don't put their home on the market and say, hey, I priced it too low. I'm gonna add a lot more to the price. Cause on websites, it shows that they're adding and just whatever, people don't generally do this. So this is South Florida, this means Miami, Miami-Dade County, I believe. In the last 90 days, um, price increases were 1,652 compared to price reductions of 2300. So even though it's less, it's not like way less, right? So if I go to, I'm going to go to the last week, okay, to give you a better idea. So the last week, 416 price reductions, only 151 price increases. So way, way less. So then if I go to the last 24 hours, it's like, 27 to 98. So you see the trend of things lowering. And just if you go back seven days, there were there were only 400, there were 416 price reductions in the whole week. But in the last 24 hours, we had almost 100. 
I think okay. comment that that has to do with something that is really interesting. I think a lot of sellers have said, you know, have seen and said, oh, my neighbor sold for X or, oh, you know, this is worth way more. You know, it's up 30% for four years or whatever they're doing in their head. Um, I think that they're really overpriced. There's a lot of overpricing going on, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the market is crashing. It just means that the, the properties are being priced so um astronomically that's that's not their real value right because people are basically just shooting and seeing what sticks right i think that's what's going yeah, on yeah totally yeah totally i'm glad you brought that up because on average i think the median average of a property that sold in miami-dade county last month this month the month before is roughly at asking price right we're mm -hmm. either asking or above i saw stat recently in florida two thirds of homes sold for asking or above. So it's a high number, right? And yeah. I'm gonna stop sharing this. Um, but what happens is, like you said, Jade, people hear on the news, if you're a seller and you keep hearing every day, whether even if it's on TikTok or wherever it's on in the news, you hear how hot the market is. And you see these videos of agents selling, they saying they sold a home in four seconds, you know, with 26 offers all of a sudden your head becomes big. You're like, oh, I have this home that I'm gonna sell. And they get they get aspirational prices. You know, they wanna have a, a price where if a property was worth a million, we should, we should uh, put it on the market for 1.6, right? And so that does happen these, and a lot of times it's they have it on the market for 1.2 and then Jade will call them and say, hey, I got four showings today and they're like, at 1.2, let's raise it to 1.6, right? And yeah. that's what happens. And their heads are, their the ego is huge. And then it increases. Obviously, like what you said, Jade, these, these prices are way too high. And that's why you see the reduction. But that's the beginning of the of the phase, right? It's There are different phases to low pricing and lowering of prices. And that's one of the things. So let me share another stat with you. I haven't really looked at this yet, but let me see. Um, you know what, the, the other stat, I'll, I'll share it, but it's not that great. Um, we share this thing called trend graphics. It's a very good, it's a very good um, tool, but the problem is it goes to, it has like April, you know, in, in our market, it, it's sort of tough when you're in April, and um, you, you have stats for April and we're in June, it doesn't mean anything when you're in an appreciating market. But um, so you can see here, so these are for sale properties. Those are the listings, sold the dark green or the, the sold, and then the red are pendings, okay? So if we looked up until April, April was pretty busy, right, Jade? And what we're seeing is you can even see it slightly here. You know, the inventory was going down, 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 down. And then April went up just a bit. And then I'm sure it's up a little bit more. And I then say, I think I think it's up a little more because you see more things coming on. Um, but uh, I, I don't think it'll ever it, or you know, in the near couple months, it'll be at that, you know, to you know, February of 21, just because you you can't get any materials. So <laughs> it takes a long time. Yeah, totally. You can't make up inventory. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's funny because if we look at April of um, this year, 6,593 homes on the market, it's 12,000. 12, it's almost double. Yeah. And then, and the sales were um, 4,275 and it was 3,295. So it was less, but it wasn't significantly less. And in the, I'm going to stop sharing. It's in the future, we'll share data, you know, in a better way where you can understand it because it doesn't mean anything until you start to see trends, right? And the thing is, as we give you guys information, we're going to see the stuff before it becomes a trend. If you wait for the trend, it's, it's not really good. So I'm going to ask you this question. If, you're, if a buyer asks you, Jade, should I buy now? What would you say? Why are you buying? What? Okay, so let's role play. Um, okay. I'm buying, I'm in California. You know, I can work remotely now. I, I can probably save a bit on taxes. I was going to buy, but I, I know that sometimes it's hard and maybe I'll rent, but that's the reason. Okay, so I would say first things first, um, if you compare your rental rate right now to what you'll be paying monthly on a, when you buy, it's, it's significantly less buying. That, and that's kind of one of the reasons why our market, our sales market is strong, um, because the rental market has increased so much. Um, so I would say, yes, you should buy now. Um, just because are you, I'm sorry, are you financing? Are you planning on financing? Yeah, I'm going to be financing. I'm going to put 20% down then absolutely do it now before they keep increasing the interest rates. Um, and I would suggest coming here um, and we set, you know, set aside a week and, and, and go through everything. Um, but reason being, if you're renting now, um, you're gonna pay more than you would pay on buying. And if you rent now and then wait to buy in a year, the interest rates will be higher then. That's a trend. Right, okay. Yeah, good questions. Another question I would ask as well, and I'm sure Jade would ask this as well, it would be like, how long do you plan on owning the home for? Is it short term? Is it long term? What are your What are your goals with the home? Are you looking to sell it in a couple of years? Or are you looking to have it for a long time? You know, because that if someone buys a house and they want to sell it in two years, you may want to eat it and rent a little bit and pay a little bit more in rent because you don't know how the market is going to change in two years with the rates and everything else like yeah, that. It, it totally depends. Like if you're going to be doing huge work to the house, then yeah, it's probably going to be worth more, you know, but if it's just a turnkey house, you're trying to move it. It, it, it totally depends. It's case by case. Right. Um, but if someone is moving from California, I'd also say like June, um, even though it's hot here, it's a good, I always think it's a good month to buy because there's a little less like craziness here. Like if you're coming here, like most people do in December, January, February, that is hectic. There are so many people here. So many people are looking, I think in June and, uh, and like the beginning of July, you get a little bit more, I don't know, attention maybe. Um, even yeah. last year, all, all Junes are kind of similar. You know, it's, it's funny going back to what you said a while back, you were saying like, even if the appreciation is like 5% a year, you know, I thought about it though. If someone owns a home, they're typically not going to sell it after two years on average, maybe five to 10 years, depending on the person, depending on what's going yeah. on in their life. But at 5% a year, and if you have it five years, obviously it's compounding interest and stuff like that. That property will go up probably 30, 40%, whatever it is. You know, I don't want to do the math now, but it's a high number over a short time. So 
even when the when the appreciation is such a small number compared to what we're used to seeing, it's still very high. Yeah, absolutely. I also think you know the the rental, as I kind of said, the the rental market is so so strong, and the same thing is going on with landlords. They're really really overpricing their rents at this point. Um, it's kind of blatant. Um, and so they're saying, oh, you know, why am I not getting action? I'm like, well, that's because the last thing rented for 45 and you want six, um, cause they're getting, you know, they're getting their egos and all that stuff. Um, so you, you'll also see, I think a lot of reductions in pricing on, on rentals because it's the same, same thing. They're just overshooting. Right. Um, but I think that since the rental rates are so high and they're not going to go down, um, will they keep going at the same rate? No, but will they go down? No. Um, so I think that when you compare that to your costs monthly of, of owning it, it is cheaper. Uh, I never understood why people would buy if they could rent cheaper because it didn't make sense, right? Um, but now it's switched because our rental rates have increased so much. Yeah, it, it's funny because I remember back in a different market, I had a client property was like $3 million. It was in Coral Gables, it was on the water. Back then, when you can get yeah, something cheap say, like that, what, what house is on, on the <laughs> And at that time, that three million dollar property, where if someone buys it with the rates back then and the you know the taxes and insurance and stuff, they probably would have been like twenty five k a month, give or take. But that person was able to rent that place for nine grand a month, and that is completely the opposite of what you see now, like you were mentioning. Yeah, you know where the, in, the rental rates have gone up so much. So another scenario, right? Say this person is young, they live at home, they got a job and they've been working two, three years, living at home and they make good money now. You know, they, they have, say they can buy like a $800,000 home. They're like 28, 29, and they, they have 20% down. Should that person live at home? Should they rent or should they buy? Right now, yeah. If you if they asked you that, it, I mean, if they if they have the twenty percent, do it now because the interest rates will keep going up, and you're going to finance. You want to get cheaper financing. Also, the other thing is like these people who who've locked in like a two point eight percent interest, three percent interest. You know, when it was really really low, they're not. Why would they? Unless they really need the money, so why would they let that go? That's not going to happen. So that's where I see like the issue with inventory, right? Like inventory coming on the market, but you know, unless they, it's an extra thing, why would you ever let a 2% two, 2 mortgage go? Um, Cause you're not gonna probably get it again. So um, I would say do it now, lock it in now before we're having this conversation in a year and the interest rates are higher. Yeah, that's great insight, Jade. Um, you know, because we get asked, that's another question we get asked a lot. Why is there such little inventory? And that answer is precisely one of the reasons, you know, I'm paying 3% or a low, low percentage. If I buy anything besides the homes being up way more expensive than they, you know, they've appreciated so much and I have to get 5%, it doesn't make sense mathematically, yeah. you know? So cool. Uh, okay. So if you're a seller now, right. Say you're a seller, um, you, you already, you can find a place, you, you're not worried about finding a place. You've seen a lot of stuff that's available that probably works for you. As a seller, would you sell now? 
there's one seller right now that I think there's one type of seller right now that I think makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's actually one of my clients has this exact profile. So that's how I know it's if you will go into a house and do work, um, well, A, that house is always going to be worth more after, but that it's like, let's say you live in a current house in your current house and you have to buy another house, but you actually like the project um, and your current house, you, you put money into it and it's very nice, significantly nicer than when you bought it. A hundred percent sell now. I think it, it's for a couple of reasons. First, even though the market is strong, there's definitely less of a market for houses that are, you know, need substantial work. Um, but if you're open to doing that, um, then you will absolutely be able to, it, it will work, you know, financially because you're going to be selling a turnkey home. And in Miami, turnkey is what everyone wants. No one wants, like, I mean, 80% of people, no one really goes in like, I'm going to do what, no, they just want the key. Cause it's just, too, it's too much. Um, and, and I get it. I understand why. So if, if you've done work to your house and it looks significantly different than it did, yes, absolutely. Or if you need to, you know, downsize or, or like a lifestyle thing. Um, but I, I would, in general, I would say yes, but with like a few cautions, if you just purchased it like two months ago, no, that's that, no, doesn't make any sense. But if, if there's substantial improvements, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And to, to add on to that, um, obviously great advice, you know, because if you're buying and yeah, and when I started real estate, everyone wanted a fixer upper. Now everyone watches HGTV and they want something turnkey, like you said. Um, another question that we ask buyers and sellers, if they ask us, is now a good time to buy or sell? Is we say, you know, is it a good time for you? You know, yeah. the right time is when it's the right time for you. If you're if you're okay with it now or later, then we'll give you whatever information you need. But the first thing you need to find out is. If you, if you're, um, if it's a good time for you now, you know, is it, is it okay for you and your family? If you have a family, all the decision makers, is it good for them? So those are some of the things that we're going to ask now, since you have a good charge, um, <laughs> would you, would you like to discuss anything else? Um, yeah, I think, what do you see Amit kind of happening, um, in the Miami real estate market over the next year? So this is what I see. I see um, similar to what I was saying a, a little bit, what I touched on earlier is, I think the market that'll get affected first will be the mid market, you know, where people sort of want to move, but they don't have to, and where affordability could be an issue. I see the ultra luxury market still doing very well because these people always, just like you mentioned, Jade, they have the cash, interest rates don't affect that. And the lower price point, I think, will still be decent um, before the mid price because, in the beginning, more of those will be cash. Then after there, after the cash goes, and then the big down payment goes, then the people can actually do FHA loans, VA loans, and get them done. Whereas you Where can't do that, yeah. yeah, right. And in that mid price range, they can't do that. You know, we. We did a VA deal the other day and it was a million two property, but you don't normally see that, you know? And yeah, um, yeah so what are your thoughts, Jade? No, I, I, I think very similar. I, uh, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to 
um, so much deter people from like their their primary residence. I just think they'll have a lower budget, which is again is going to put more pressure on the lower price point. Because remember that one place I listed in Kendall, like couple two maybe two three years ago um and it was it was inexpensive I, I don't even know how much it was like 300 or something like that maybe um and i couldn't believe at the time it was probably three years ago how much action we were getting on it because that wasn't the market but you said to me that's what that market is like you know that lower price um where there's so many people that can access it you know there's just a bigger pool um so i think that that like you said will always kind of stay like that uh active super active uh, and the middle is probably where it's you're gonna get hit a little bit um i do think like the upper middle not like the ultra luxury but i mean like maybe like two to five million um that is going to be very dependent on the stock market because i'm i'm seeing a couple of people say um yes, no, yes, no. It's like, they're kind of indecisive a little bit because they don't know what the stock market's doing. Um, and maybe they're like, uh, they just have too much money in, in stocks or something, but then comes the argument, well, maybe you should take some of it out and put it into a different kind of asset. Um, so I, I see that a lot. And I think that's actually why we're getting so many calls about Airbnb um, and investment properties, because they're saying, well, you know, if the stock market's market's going to be this volatile. I want steady cash flow. And you can get that with it with the rental property. I agree with you with that. And that's a good, that's a good analysis because like that two to $5 million property, that's someone that wants to move, but doesn't have to move. Yeah. Right. They yeah. already probably have a very nice home. They're probably instead of five bedrooms, they want seven bedrooms, you know, maybe. And instead of 3,500 square feet, they want 5,000 stuff that people can live with. And so that, and those people are rich, but they're not wealthy. Yeah. You know, they, they have money, but they have to, they have to maneuver things to get that property. Whereas the ultra wealthy can just get whatever, whatever they want. So, yeah. So, okay. So the next thing I'm going to ask you the rental market, right? What do you think in the next year is going to happen with the rental market? I think I'm already seeing it happen. And I, when I was, I feel like I was one of the first people to kind of see the rental market shift initially because I do a lot of rentals. I actually <laughs> like them because they're, they're just easy. Um, and renters turn into buyers and, and they, they kind of appreciate you a little bit. Uh, so I, I like that. And it also, I like to be busy. I don't ever like to be like waiting and things like that. So it keeps me busy. Um, Instagram stories. Yeah, stories all day. So I think that the rental market, it's like I said, um, it's these the landlords that are really overshooting. I have a few of them right now. Um, they, I think they're going to have to come down a little bit to reality, right? Um, I think that it will, uh, you may start to see like rental showings again, or you didn't really before. Um, but it will not be what it was before. I don't think it really ever will be that like, oh, how, how'd your client like the rental? No, it's not going to be like agents calling them back and trying, but is there more like breathing room? Yeah, I think so. But that could also just be because we're in summer. So there's kind of like two things happening, you know, because our, our market really, really picks up like, and uh, it starts big up in August and then really picks up in, in like, end of September, October, right? That's when people start coming down. And so um, right now, I'm always like, oh, come June, come and buy in June because you have more, right? Like what I said, or come and look in June. But um, I think 
you're you're not going to get rental rates like you, you used to be able to get like a two bedroom in a decent building in Edgewater for like 2600 looking at the water that 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 is so far gone um I mean in a decent building where there's no construction going on in the building you're looking at like at least five um and uh if you want to look at the water maybe 55 to six um but you may be able to get in there so it will I think they're just going to last a little bit longer on the market but it'll still the rates aren't going to go down yeah so this is what I think and you you know the rental market better than I do but the, these are just my thoughts. Um, yeah, that that twenty six hundred dollar a month rental will never be twenty six hundred. But I think instead of it being five thousand, it might be forty five hundred or forty six hundred. Yeah. You know, I think I think you'll get maybe a ten percent decrease in the high rentals that we're get, we're at. You know, at the at the peak, I think we're going to see comps of rentals that are less sometimes than the, the ones that were done a few months ago. And just like Jade said, it depends on the time of the year. It depends, you know, the area, it depends on multiple things. But yeah, we we already have the people here now from the Northeast and the West Coast that are used to paying significantly more for rentals. It's weird because the rental prices in some cases are similar in the more expensive areas. like like New York and California, we have some areas in Miami that are similar, but the purchase price is way different still. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why people are still buying. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, anything else, any of the, any listings you want to share or anything else that you think is exciting where you can get them to go to see some of your videos or anything else? Oh, our, our new listing that we just launched about an hour ago in Icon Brickle Tower 3, where you can do Airbnb short-term rental, um, which is a one-bedroom, one-bath. It's for $550,000. Um, it does have a tenant. That's why it's priced so well. Um, so you have to keep the tenant, but then after that, you can do whatever you want. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a good deal, a good price. You know, it's a one-bedroom. It's 870 square feet so significantly better than what you can get coming pre-construction even though I do love my pre-construction uh, but if you want something already ready um, if we don't take any of the offers we already have <laughs> um, then definitely check that out or if you guys are looking um, for you know an alternative asset class and you're interested in getting involved in you know in Airbnb and, and investment properties just um, you can reach out to Ahmed or myself and we can help you with that. Yeah um, that building the Icon Brickle Viceroy I think it is right? Yeah. yeah. I remember when I first started in real estate years ago um, when I went to that building I was amazed you know really? Miami building yeah oh I mean a while back obviously you know, it was uh, it was a while back, and we didn't have all these cool buildings like we we do now. But yeah. just I remember the parking lot and that huge that huge statue there, and getting it in the car park. It was like, oh wow, I feel like fancy, you know. Yeah. So it's a it's still a cool building, great price point. Um, there are three towers. This is the one tower you can do the Airbnbs, and mm -hmm. it's a great area up, you know, Brickle downtown where there's so much stuff going on around there. So we're, we're gonna be sharing this video in Jade's YouTube and my YouTube. And if you guys haven't subscribed, cause we see, we see you guys are watching our videos, but a lot of you haven't subscribed. So make sure you subscribe. Jade hates when we say this, but um, 
make sure you subscribe, hit that notification bell. So, you know, we have clients that have made a lot of money that have seen these videos because Jade knows so much about pre-construction. She know, we talk about it before you can find anything about it. So if you wanna make some extra money, just make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell. All right, thanks guys. All right, thanks guys.